Twas a blustery night, one October evening, when two devious fellows got together to scheme and discuss around the fire. Uh, I mean, c computer. And though their conversations may seem jovial in nature, the content of these musings around the fire are actually quite harrowing indeed. <laughs> David, what the fuck are you wearing? Uh, I have a ghost shirt on. I told you to wear something Halloween-y. And I did, look. Fuck, he's in a pumpkin. The nightmare has That's... only just begun. I meant like a costume. I don't have a costume. I meant like dressed... I don't have a costume. You said Halloweeny, so I got a Halloweeny shirt. You didn't say costume. Well, how am I supposed to go plus ultra now? How how am I supposed to how am I supposed to fight using the power of friendship if I can't even? I don't know, bro. What what? I I ain't in UA high. Sounds like a personal problem. Welcome to episode. We're going to talk about this later. Welcome to episode 18 of the Too Bad We Didn't Get Into Cars podcast. I am your host, uh, Nick Scarpinato. And I am David Kapusha Cars. Oh, God. And, uh... And this... Uh, this is our lovely co-host, Vanessa. Um, Vanessa, say hi. Are you not in costume either? Get the fu I can't throw her. I can't even throw her as a joke. She's just going to sit here in my lap the whole time. Um, um, and on your screen... Yes, today we um, are joined in person by this rare, rare HTF Matchbox 1921 Model T Ford Halloween Vampire Dracula Wokar. Wait, you're pronouncing it wrong. It's Wokar. Yes. Wokar. <laughs> Yeah, also, welcome to the first remote episode. Yeah, so David and I, um, we are starting to realize that this is a very valid option for us to record episodes. This is the first time that we're trying it, obviously. So, you know, we're going to see how this, we're going to see how this thing goes and we're going to, we're going to make it work and it's going to be, uh, either awesome or really, uh, fucking bad. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So what? What have you been up to? <laughs> um, being sick of. Oh, uh, I went to Nashville for my birthday. Oh my God! Happy belated birthday Woo! to David. Yeah, bro. Have a whole. How old are you, buddy? I'm 27. No, um, you're not. And just there's no way not giving a shit anymore. <laughs> that's what it says on his cake too when he got his cake it says happy 27th I didn't get birthday. a cake I had a motherfucking ice cream pizza it was elaborate? incredible what, I, would, like, I would never have cake again if it meant I can always have that <laughs> I mean you can you don't have to eat cake ever again you could just continue eating 
It's true. Ice cream cakes or ice cream uh, pizzas. Yeah, yeah, and I will. But where did you get it from? Basket Robbins. Oh, of course. Now you know I I did know that I well. I could have made an educated guess. I I remember there was a point where I was looking for an ice cream cake and I I tried to go through Baskin Robbins. I never ended up getting it. I went to Jewel instead and I got a really not shittily made ice cream cake, but it was like mostly frosting. It was very disappointing and I had to eat the whole thing anyway. So I think Yeah. Hey man, my birthday's coming up. I might I might Bro, it was straight up just a diabetes pizza. Oh, Talk, I can't, I can't it was like a cookie like a cookie dough crust oh, with dude. cookies and cream ice cream. Stop. And then on top, it was marshmallow topping, uh, chopped almonds, M&M's, Oreo pieces, Reese's pieces, um, sprinkles, and caramel, I believe. It, it, was, <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Not going to lie. Holy shit. I think I'm gonna have to call nine one one. I I just yeah honestly the, the first piece I I struggled to finish it, but after yeah. that yo I can eat like three, no no big deal. So is it just that initial hurdle that you have to? Yeah. Is it like an emotional thing where you have to like? There's a lot of guilt. No, so it you was physical. The first like, one. I, I couldn't physically consume it, <laughs> but I did anyway. That's, yeah, like a champ. Like a fucking our very own David Kapush cars, everybody. I I don't regret it at all. But yeah, whole uh, I have a whole mini documentary on Nashville. Uh, That's right. On my the channel, and channel, the full version is my band's channel. It's like a half hour yeah, long. Callist Wing. It's hard. Shout out Callist Wing. Yeah, bro. We went for the whole weekend. Went down to Broadway. Saw like a million people playing. The yeah. lines were incredibly long. It was like Disneyland level lines. Like for the concert or just in general? To get into some of these like bars. It's nuts. Yeah. There's a lot of people. A lot of Yeah, people. for any of our uh Cars fans, I don't know what we're calling our fans. I don't, I don't the, know. But we did recently hit a milestone, semi milestone where all of our episodes on Anchor have been listened to. Um let me see if I can pull it up. Ah, ah. Yeah, the browser brightness is no joke. Ah. <laughs> ah. I'm blind. Um. Okay, okay. Check this out. So, every single episode has at least two two listens. the The episode that didn't have a listen for a really long time was episode four, which was Moon Knight and Doctor Strange. It was the um, it was the very generic one, right? So it's Moon Knight, Doctor Strange, and then concert venues and mobile games. Ah, so like, yeah. Do you want to guess what our most uh, listened to episode it's is? Still the first one, isn't it? No, um, that that's our most viewed on YouTube. But I want you to guess which of our episodes has the most listens and it's it's close there there are a couple is it uh how about episode 11 my favorite studio 666 foo fighters and guitar hero oh no just random number oh no think um think what's the most mainstream tv show that you ask anyone what their favorite show is and they'll say it what we talk about was it the office yeah 
Episode 7, we talked about The Office, Metallica, and Gears of War. And it's got 12 listens. But you know what's weird? Episodes 7, 8, and 9 currently hold the record for most listens. Because we have 12 for Episode 7. Then we did Rescue Rangers, Def Leppard, and Earthbound. We have 10 listens. And then we did Inside, Harry Styles, and Animal Crossing, and we have 11 listens. Wow. Um, Yeah, and then after that... It's very sporadic. Uh, the last three that we posted, all of the Pokemon ones only have three listens. Um, they're probably the same three people, honestly. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, if you are one of those three, I think one of them is my friend Lenny. Shout out to Lenny. Um, hey Alma. <laughs> hey Alma. Yeah, how, about, how about a breakfast churro? <laughs> breakfast churro. Hey Alma. I think I saw him down at the Quickie Mart. More breakfast shows for Lenny. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they say that the guy down the street, uh, they they say the man is happier with three knives. No, I think, uh, I think you're thinking the phrase three knives, and then it cuts to Mo, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is great," and he's got three knives. <laughs> no, that was, that was just what he says in Hit and Run, in the mission where he got to blow up some other's car. The churro line, he says it in Hit and Run. Yeah, yeah, you meet him at the Krusty Burger. And he's like, hey, Alma, oh. how about a breakfast churro? It's the first thing he says. Hey, Alma. <laughs> hey, Alma. And then Homer's like, no time. Quick, where do Smithers go? I think I saw him out the cook, cook, uh, Quickie Mart. More breakfast churros for Lenny. If I gotta take him out, I gotta need something big. I wonder if Barney still has the plow. And then Why, he, I vaguely remember. And then you could talk to Barney. Those. Not what I'll use for a toilet. What? <laughs> oh, that's a, diff- that's a different mission. Anyway. Um, anyway. Um, so thank you to all of our listeners for and viewers for um, dealing with our sporadic posting schedule. Um, yeah, it's it's funny that we have to ask each other what we've been up to um, because I don't know, man, a lot of things are happening. Um, personally, I'm playing a lot more shows. I'm working a lot less at the coffee shop, which is cool. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm also kind of in the middle of figuring out where I'm going to live soon. Um, my roommates and I, well, I, I found an apartment like 10 minutes away from ours. That's the, price the current price of our apartment now but our current apartment is going to go up by three hundred dollars um if we don't move out and it's got the same square footage uh and it's a townhouse but it doesn't have the loft so i don't know is this boring content i don't fucking care this is our podcast we get to talk about whatever we want i don't care no more i don't don't care remember when we started the podcast and i was like "Mm, maybe we shouldn't swear yeah yeah, and now we just don't fuck. Yeah, you you, you a, also mentioned that uh, at some point before too. Yeah, you were yeah, like, matter. yeah, I remember when we weren't swearing on the main podcast, but that we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. You know, honestly, it's partly partly because I feel like no one's, not that no one's listening, but you know, it's not like. Uh, it's not like kids are listening yeah. to the podcast. No one, not, no one's complained about it, so who gives a shit? Yeah, right. 
Yeah, the same people that are listening to the Cars Pod are listening to Bill Burr's podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Everyone has a fucking podcast. But uh, this is our podcast, and we're talking about what we want. So what we want to talk about today, we just finished watching Werewolf by Night, the new uh, Marvel Studios special presentation on Disney+, Plus, just oh. in time for Halloween. Oh. Um, we recently had a concert experience that we both uh, went to Detroit for, so we get to talk about Detroit, Michigan, and the bands that we got to see. Yeah. Um, and we're continuing our journey along the Pokemon timeline. Uh, the next generation that we have to discuss is Gen 4, which is the generation that brought us games like Pearl, Diamond, Platinum, the sequels to the Mystery Dungeon games, uh, Rangers... What? I don't know. I don't Shadow of Almia. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon Ranger, the sequel to Pokemon Ranger as well, and then Pokemon Dash, right? No, that was the last time. Heart Gold, Soul Silver too. So, wow. Heart Gold and Soul Silver, yeah. So we got we got a little bit to dig into, um, but first and foremost, I think we got to talk about um, what's freshest on both of our minds. Because when did you finish Werewolf by Night? Uh, I don't know, like three hours ago. Three okay, because I just finished it before I got on our first call. Um, so. Marvel announced that they were going to do a Werewolf by Night adaptation um, like a year ago, maybe a year or two ago, um, when they announced Phase 4. And um, Did they announce I it feel like I, at that concert, conference? Because I, th- I, th- I, th- I, I thought it just dropped the trailer like randomly like a couple weeks ago. I feel like there was... I don't remember ever hearing about this thing before the trailer dropped. I remember hearing it around the same time that I knew they were developing a um, Moon Knight show. I just didn't know if it would like what it was going to be. Like no one knew if it was going to be a show or a movie or whatever. Mm. Um, but it's neither because it's it's neither. Yeah, it's because it's kind of an unknown property. I think what Marvel is trying to do with their lesser known properties is you know the ones that they don't. It's only happened the one time, right? Like we've only we only have one so far. But there's a rumor that uh, Nova is supposed to be a limited, like a special presentation too, and that's like set in space. And there's the Nova Core who we saw in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But there's a specific hero in Marvel called Nova, and he's just like, you know, the main guy, the face of the Nova Core. I guess I don't know. Um, it's very Green Lantern esque, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes if that gets announced ever. But um, this special is directed by Michael Giacchino, who is famously a composer for movies like Up, um, Ratatouille, um, Spider Man, like the Marvel, the Far From Home, Homecoming trilogy, um, the incredible soundtrack. He did the soundtrack for the, the show Lost. So he's a very accredited composer. But he is the director here. And he also did the music, obviously. But he is directing this special presentation. And it's filmed in black and white. It is an homage to the Universal Monsters collection. You know, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. No, it's, just, it's just Marvel Studios presents the Wolfman. That's yeah, what we're doing pretty much. Um, but yeah, the story follows the it's it's 
sort of a continuation of the supernatural side of the MCU where eventually we're going to meet Blade and Ghost Rider and Mephisto and these characters that have to do with evil magic and and monsters and stuff like that. Dude, I can't believe who they got for Mephisto. Holy shit. Sasha Baron Cohen. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's wild. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, it's going to be cool. Um, But we're introduced to the Bloodstone family. I only knew about Elsa Bloodstone because of a Marvel mobile game that I played a couple years ago, Marvel Future Fight. Shout out to Netmarble. Netmarble. Um, and she is a monster hunter, um, who gets invited to this hunt, I guess, being held by the patriarch of the Bloodstone family who passes away and the Bloodstone, this gem, that's the, the namesake of the family and has supernatural properties that makes it so that monsters can't touch it. I don't know what it does exactly. Um, but it's a very interesting concept for a short uh it kind of feels like a very condensed movie like you jump right into the 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 plot like there's no exposition you know i feel like if there was a movie there might have been a whole like half hour where we're getting introduced to the main guy jack and like the family and maybe you see like the funeral or whatever but it just cuts right to the action like the middle part of a movie um And so pros and cons with that, obviously you get into the action pretty early on. You get to the fun. There's, you know, there's not a whole lot of fat to trim, but on the, you know, on the other side, there's also, there's also not really a whole lot of character development, which I guess at this point doesn't really matter, but you get a little bits. Um, first of all, what did you think about Jack, the werewolf in question? Um, I mean, I thought they were all kind of fine. Um, I was not expecting there to be a uh, a secondary monster in the form yeah. of a uh, mini Cthulhu. Yeah, man thing, um, which gets compared to Swamp Thing from DC a lot because they both look very similar. Um, but yeah, man thing, aka Ted. Uh, <laughs> Teddy. Teddy. He's like. They they find he's probably the most interesting character in this show because he's 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 not like he doesn't speak, um, but Jack the main character can still understand him. We don't know what their history is, but they're friends. Yeah. Uh, and Jack calls him Ted. So at some point, Man Thing must have been able to communicate to Jack like, "Hey, my name is Ted." <laughs> so I don't know anything about Man Thing, um. But yeah, he just he's just able to grab people and like disintegrate them. What the fuck was that yeah, about? That's hardcore. Yeah, he disintegrates a dude's head. <laughs> he grabs a dude by his head and then it just melts and like explodes. And, and then the lady at the end too. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a cool moment. Um yeah. like a Deus Ex Machina, there were like everything kind of works out. Two standout moments. Um the first one was when he was transforming into the werewolf. Um, yeah. And you can see Lady. Uh, Elsa. Elsa, like, uh, like terrified by the bar. And you can see, right. like, it's like flashing, and you see him transforming through the light in the yeah. back. I thought that was sick. 
Um, and second of all, when there was like a door closing and he oh, was yeah. like slicing dudes apart and like the blood was like getting on the camera. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah. There's also uh, a lot of blood in this show. I, I feel like they're able to get away with it because it was in black and white. Um, that might be part of it, but like there are two times where a character gets dismembered and they get thrown around and you could physically, you could see the blood coming from like their dismembered, you know, like arm or whatever, like splatter. And I'm like, that's, that's sick. That's really cool. Yeah, like someone's arm um, is taken off and like, it, it like kind of like does a spin cause they like spin the arm and it just like yeah. shoots like a sprinkler. Yeah, and I was like, when I saw that, I I was like, whoa! And I had seen, uh, the scene where um, Jack the werewolf, where he is just like taking out those dudes in like the hallway. It's very reminiscent of like a hallway fight from Daredevil, where it's like the camera is static, and there's just a lot of like motion on screen. Oh um, fuck, dude! I got next episode. I got to talk about She Hulk. Oh yeah, we got to talk about She Hulk next episode. That's gonna be um, a doozy. Yeah, but um, yeah. I I. What did you think about the end? Where so the the whole sh- like the you know the whole I don't even want to call it a movie. The whole time, the only thing on screen, the only object on screen that's in color is the bloodstone, which is colored red, which is cool. Um, I also like the effects the special effects that they use to indicate the power of the bloodstone. It's very like, I don't know how to describe it, but if you've ever seen like lightning in like an eighties movie, like that's special effects. It looked a lot like that where it was like vintage special effects used. Like when the bloodstone is being used to transform Jack into the werewolf, it comes out like lightning. It's like, but it doesn't look like good CGI. It looks like very campy, like, 80s like 70s CGI it's 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 very cool um how like how it fits the format of black and white but anyway you get to the end of the the special and slowly everything starts to fade back into like full color and then you get a scene at the end where um Ted and Jack are you know having escaped the compound where this hunting ceremony is happening they're just camping out and Ted gets to chat with, you know, Jack and he's like, what are you talking about? I'm the one that came to your rescue, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then (laughs) there's a line about, uh, Jack is like, oh dude, I can't even, I can't even think about food right now. Don't, don't, but yeah, I'll get, I'll get sushi. And I was like, sushi, that's weird. Uh, that's a, that's a weird little line, but, um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought that was cool. Just like, slowly how everything you know faded into color and um apparently the man thing like used practical effects like they built the entire like upper part of his body like out of practical um effects i don't know i'd have to find the photo but um it looks really cool it looks really intricate he's got little mushrooms growing out of his shoulders and stuff um yeah and then meanwhile hey let's uh cgi uh uh, Mr. Fantastic suit because why not <laughs> yeah it's it just goes to show I mean maybe maybe it's the fact that this is like a shorter format but um 
Yeah, I I really liked it. I really liked Werewolf by Night. I would definitely watch it again. Um, it's definitely like it's a short, it's a short and sweet like Halloween time thing to watch, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it even it even sets the tone like where you where you start it up and like recently Marvel's been doing this thing where they alter the opening theme song, um, and how they did it this time was it starts in color and then like there's like a slash on the screen and then it goes into black and white and then like the sound is like an old like time horror like orchestra you know and then there's like another slash and then they even have the at the like they have a title card at the end of the short that looks like um like a movie title card from like the 20s where it says you know marvel studios werewolf by night and then it has like the roman numeral like the mm xx you know like to i don't know it's it's very overtly an homage to like the old universal movies and i think there's a there's a charm to it that i honestly don't think any of the marvel shows or disney plus marvel things have been able to capture except maybe wandavision um but yeah what so like overall what did you think uh yeah i mean i enjoyed it too uh, I, I actually just kind of wish there was more to it because it is just like this it's like 48 minutes minus the credits you know um, yeah like it ends really abruptly which the old movies used to do that too like the climax was the end and the whole epilogue was like a line or two and then the end pops up and it's like wow that ended quickly um, this yeah. is no exception so I'm assuming that's exactly why they did it like that too since this entire yeah. thing is just kind of oh, let's go back to the 40s yeah right yeah but i i liked it a lot i'm definitely gonna watch it again um i'm i, I think i'm gonna try to show uh like my mom because i i don't think she's not a big horror movie person but i was telling her that me and you were gonna watch it and she was like what's that you know always judgmental my mom is always judgmental when i mention like a show or a thing to her um, but she'll still watch it anyway. And if it's anime, she'll disregard it entirely. But if it's something superhero related. Oh, fuck. Do we have to see Black Adam? Yeah. We gotta talk about Black Adam, too. I suppose, too. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta see Black Adam. Yeah, alright, we got our work cut out for us. So, you know, anyway. We gotta see uh, Orange Anthony. <laughs> Orange Green Anthony? Green Bryant, yeah. <laughs> yeah um white david <laughs> oh dude it's fucking racist <laughs> sorry polish david uh yeah. uh so anyway werewolf by night a solid three out of five i know we've never ranked anything out of five before but um it feels right yeah i give it like a nine out of 13 you know uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um awkward rating systems aside, um let's talk about our trip to Detroit. Dude, we went to Detroit. What a shit. Which is probably shithole. Yeah, it, it going to Detroit uh was a more harrowing experience than watching Werewolf by Night. Um there's just something about when we first pulled up in Detroit like and we weren't in downtown downtown detroit you know we were so backstory there was a band that we've talked about on the show before named origami angel 
who, if you watch that episode or if you're familiar with the band, you're very aware that they, uh, it's just two guys, a drummer and a guitarist who sings. They're both into Pokemon. They're both into nerdy things. A lot of their song titles are puns, like Tom Holland Oates. Um, you got Bed, Bath, and uh, Boston Nova Corps. Huh? Bed, Bath, and Batman Beyond. Yeah, Bed, Bath, and Batman Beyond. Um, they include Danny's, little tags. Danny's DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> Danny DeVito. They, they include little tags from like shows and movies and stuff at the outros of their songs. Um, one of which being uh, uh, Terry Tate, yeah. linebacker. Yeah, we got Dewey uh, which, from Malcolm in the Middle in there. Yeah, so it's like all things that we're familiar with, like us two are familiar with, and it's a drummer and a guitarist, and the drummer plays fucking blast beats, and the guitarist plays like tappy, you know, melodic stuff and sings and uses really interesting chord progressions and stuff. It's literally a band made for David and I. So we got to see them once tour with the Wonder Years. And they, much to our surprise, had a way bigger fan base than we thought going into the concert. Uh, so much so that they were able to book their own tour not like three months after their Wonder Years tour ended. Um, so yeah, and- once we saw that they were coming to Chicago in between both of our birthdays, between October 14th and October 26th, we were like, I, we got to go. However, we didn't buy the tickets to the Chicago show at the Bottom Lounge quick enough, which were $15 at the time of release. Because Shay fooled us that we thought we had time, because how big can this band be? Yeah, we should have. Very big is the answer. They sold out. They even sold out the Detroit show. Yeah, they've sold out, out, um, I think, Seattle, or no, Washington, D.C., They've sold out Chicago. They've sold out Seattle or um, Detroit. I'm sure they're going to sell out uh, L.A. when they go to L.A. But I don't know. It's just really cool to see. Um, we're watching this band like, grow in real time. But the Detroit show and the Chicago show were right next to each other. So last night was the Chicago show on the 22nd. But the night before, they uh, had come from Canada and they were in Detroit on the 21st. I looked up ticket prices for the Detroit show and saw that as opposed to the $100 ticket prices that were now being resold for the Chicago show, the resold Detroit show uh, tickets were like 20 bucks. So I was like, hey, man, we're going to be spending the same amount of money. Do you want to take the scenic route or do you want to, you know, just go to the bottom line of Chicago? So we decided that we were going to drive to Detroit four hours uh one way yeah, uh had you told me it was in detroit because i didn't i thought it was just it was just i want to go to michigan okay yeah i thought it was just michigan too i didn't know it was <laughs> and then detroit a week before, i was like oh it's in detroit great <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we we had a we had a little bit of a trip um and uh don't get me wrong it was a fun trip you know we listened to a couple albums um we might even be able to talk about those albums in future episodes um we uh went to a i, I went to a bob evans went for the first bob time evans. in my life yep yeah um comfort we, we food. treat our we treat strangers like friends and friends like family bob evans <laughs> did he say that yeah it's a quote on the wall <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't see that. Um, we uh, we stopped by a local donut shop called Sweetwater uh, Donut Shop, not to be confused with the music retailer. Yeah. Um, because the service at Sweetwater is notoriously very helpful and kind, and the service that we got at the dunk the donut place, dude didn't want to be there. Dude was straight up like, he it was the it was the angriest individual that I had seen in like a long time. Um, and what's crazy is it didn't even seem like it was that busy. Like it was like there was like a couple of kids like already seated and they had ordered their donuts or whatever. They had a lot of their donuts left, which leads me to believe that, like, not a lot of people had come in up to that point. And he was just like, all right, what can I get you? (laughs) And I was like, can we get a, can we get a half dozen? He was like, what? And I was like, can I, can we get a half dozen? Um, and we ended up seeing a billboard for their Milky Way donut, which is not, it's like kind of based on the candy bar. It's got caramel. It's got like chocolate fluff and, um, it was a chocolate cake donut. It was pretty good. Um, I know this isn't about the concert, but I want to talk about the donuts for a second because well, it's the whole Detroit experience. Yeah, right. So we got six donuts. We each got a Milky Way donut because obviously that was the billboard. So we had to we had to humor ourselves. Um, and then I got a grasshopper donut and a New York cheesecake donut, and then David. Do you remember what uh, a vanilla nut get? and Homer Simpson, which I took one bite and that was it. It was also at the like the very end of the night at three in the morning is when you took the bite of the the Homer Simpson donut. Yeah. Um, I I made sure to take off the parts of the donut that you had bit though, and I finished the donut for you. Um, How was it? It was okay. It was mega stale. It was just a strawberry donut. <laughs> it was mega stale. That's why I didn't eat it. That's it. So, um, so we did that, and then we drove into Detroit, and we park in a parking lot for seven dollars all day, flat rate. And I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of cool for like a big city. You know, we can walk to anywhere. And we start walking through Detroit, and we're in Greek Town. Um, on the way there, we found out that there's a Mexican town. <laughs> like it, it's a town, and it's a part of Detroit called Mexican Town, which. I don't know how that name hasn't been changed, uh, but apparently Jack White, the musician from the White Stripes, he's from Mexican Town. It's just um, Detroit. I don't know. I think because yeah. if there's a notable person section on Wikipedia, it's like they want to put someone there. Like, oh, he was born in Detroit. Let's stick him in there. I don't know. Maybe he went to right. school there. I don't know, but whatever. I mean, I, I think it's the same as saying like, you know, someone from Chicago, like you were born in Bucktown. Like it's just like a a, a part of Detroit. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily its own like town. But anyway, so we we park and we start walking and like there's a we we walk through like a casino for a second. And, like there's just something about the part of, like downtown Detroit that we walked through that was like. It made me feel icky a little bit. I don't know. It's, it um, was very much like you know Chicago, um, but with yeah. a lot less tall buildings. Um, but there was like that main street that had like most of everything on it, and that wasn't terrible. But everything else around it was just really shitty. Like there was just like a, a drum set hanging out by a like a store, and someone just yeah. sat on it and started playing. 
people screaming across the street. Same exact shit. Like you see it every yeah. city. There were a lot of discarded like electric scooters that yeah. uh, that you could tell were like supposed to go back into like stations. Nashville but was, was the same just shit. Left. Yeah. It's just it's you you notice it a lot more when there aren't all of the big buildings to look up at, you know, and the, there weren't nearly as many people walking around. Like in Chicago, downtown Chicago, you're going to see like, you know, a a thousand people if you look any direction. But in downtown Detroit, it's like maybe a hundred people, if that. And, um, you know, when the streets are that big, it looks a lot like it looks like a lot less people. Um, we also couldn't find a fucking bathroom. Yeah. You know, same shit, different city. It's like, <coughs> dude, all we wanted was to go to the bathroom before the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, just on the topic of Detroit itself, after the show, we tried to, uh, we're looking for food. And oh what was God. it? Burger World popped <laughs> Burger up. Planet. Burger Planet. We were like, oh, you want to take an adventure? <laughs> Try to go to Burger Planet? Yeah, because I was like, we could go to McDonald's, we can go to Wendy's, or we can go to Burger Planet. And I've never heard of this place before. And, <laughs> and I punched it into the GPS because <laughs> I saw it. It was like, I searched up fast food near us, and Burger Planet was an option. Oh, very briefly. And I couldn't like pinch in and pinch out to like see it again so we're driving through detroit and we're trying to find burger planet dude yeah it was taking us like along these suburban parts and i was like what is this place just like some dude's house and like as we got closer to it um the met the pin was actually just some guy's house (laughs) and dude this street like, whenever you think of, like, ghetto Detroit, whatever you're picturing, it was exactly like that. I yeah. I was like, dude, let's get the fuck out of here. Because it was yeah. really bad. There's no lights. Everything yeah, on looked it, shitty. I was like, fuck this. Let's go. Get out of here. Well, and you know what's... There was, like, we turned the corner, and I think I saw, like like police headquarters yeah like there's like a big ass police station like down the street from burger planet um so i don't know what came first i don't know if it was like a chicken and the egg situation where like you know i don't know maybe it's because the police are around so often that like you know it's a shitty part of detroit because it's like i don't you know or if it was the other way around i am in no place to judge i'm just gonna assume you know that the that the Detroit police are at fault here. So if there are any Detroit police officers listening, do better, guys. Bring back Pizza Planet. Sorry, Burger Planet. Yeah, Pizza Planet. I, I don't think Andy and his toys lived in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> I, don't think so. um, I don't think so either. But, um, but yeah. So rewinding back to the concert. Now we can finally talk about the concert. So after walking around Detroit for a little bit, waiting for the doors to open... Uh, we went to a club called The Shelter, which I guess is a pretty infamous club in Detroit, Michigan. I looked it up. I don't know if it was the exact club where they filmed it, um, but at least Wikipedia said that it was the music venue that inspired the music venue in 8 Mile, uh, where Eminem had his like rap battle with Anthony Mackie at the end. Um. So that's cool. Like I said, I don't know if that's where they filmed it, but that would be cool if it was. Yeah, apparently, um, like, what, John Mayer played there at some point? 
Yeah, um, John Mayer played there. Queens of the Stone Age played there. Um, Alanis Morissette, I feel like. Maybe. Maybe I'm making that up. But there are a couple of notable performers that have been there. And it's a small club. Yeah. It's it's literally just a basement. It's hard to believe because it was like under a church or some shit. Yeah, so it's it's St. Andrew's. Uh, I don't know if it's St. Andrew's Church, but they just call it St. Andrew's. Um, and uh, you go around the back because the front doors don't lead to the venue. And you wait in this line outside the venue because, again, it's just a basement. You have all of the, the metal detector and that, you know, checking people like happens on the outside of the venue. And then you just walk down a set of stairs and then you're there. And then you're in the venue. And it's so weird. Um, but yeah, they have merch set up right as you walk in. They have a bathroom, they have a, a full bar. Um, and then they have, like, I'm assuming the green room in the back. Uh, because then there's the stage, um, and that's the whole room. So it's very small. It feels very intimate. Um, and, uh, yeah, the bill was insignificant. Other, uh, started the night off followed by a band called pool kids who we've also talked about on the show. Uh, and then ended with origami angel. And I think the show itself ended at like 1130, yeah, maybe 11. Like yeah. <laughs> Um, Origami Angel played for an hour and the other two bands played for about like 35, like 40 minutes. Um, and they were like on time too. Like all, all three bands started like right when they were supposed to, um, which was very cool. Um, and, um, yeah, it's technically your second like punk show ever. Um, pop punk, punk, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, what were your general impressions of the night? I always wondered what happens when people crowd surf when there's no like fence in the front and like security people like in front of the stage. Yeah. Um, because the whole there was, the whole security was like two guys. Two dudes. <laughs> yeah. Uh in this sold out show. And like I said, there's no there's nothing preventing you from getting to the stage. There's no bar, nothing. And people are crowd surfing. I'm like what what happens? And they just they just kind of float around for a bit until they're like, all right, put me down, and then you know they go down. Uh, but some yeah. people do make it to the stage, and like the one of the dudes had to go up on stage and like get him on there, you know, which I thought was yeah. kind of funny. People were like going to the stage and jumping to the crowd, which was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, as far as the bands themselves go, I really hate bands with gimmicks mm. I say while I'm wearing one of the most famous bands with a gimmick yeah right but I hate gimmicks <laughs> and they come out on yeah. stage wearing the same white shirts and I'm like oh my god why and then the seer <laughs> comes out with like a bunny costume I'm just like oh jeez dude and I don't know I don't I, I think it's stupid but um, they played fine, you know. Um, yeah, I just didn't know any songs. Uh, I we, insignificant other or slash insiggy baby. Uh, we um, we we didn't really listen to a whole lot of their stuff. Their one album that they have, I I think it's called "I Like the Way That I Think About You" or like the, I don't know. It's written on a cake. It's it's a cool album cover. Um, but the recording quality is very um simple like it's not a very refined album so it's kind of like 
not that it's hard to listen to, you know, it'd be like listening to like the first Ramones album, right? Like it's not, you know, super high, definite, high fidelity. Um, but, um, yeah, we definitely listened to pool kids and origami angel a lot more. So I didn't know any songs by insignificant other either. You, you, you know, um, it was, you know, you know why uh, I hate bands in uniforms? Cause there was why? one band we saw, um, back in the clan matrix days who sure. walked on stage and they were wearing that uh that like tuxedo like shirt you know where it's like a tuxedo oh. design but it's not a real tux it's just like a shirt it's just like a t-shirt yeah and they show up all of them are in this fucking tux shirt and they're just yeah. the most generic fucking band they're doing like this shit you know and i was like oh my god this shit yeah you know pit open a pit you know circle up oh. or whatever right 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 I think that's what ruined it for me. I was like, you <laughs> it's just one. It, it only takes one band. Oh, it um, one. Yeah. But I think, I think insignificant other, they played pretty well. Um, technically speaking, like on a proficiency level. Yeah. They're, they're all good. Um, there was a bit towards the middle. There, there was one of their songs where you think there's going to be a drop. And then the singer gets on the piano and starts playing this really like simple little like piano riff. And then looks out to the audience and everyone's like, ah, you know, and they give us a smile because because they're like, ah, yeah, you know, we got you. We got you, motherfuckers. Um, so that was cool. They they brought the singer from Insignificant Other on stage for Pool Kids, uh, one of Pool Kids songs. Um, that was kind of cool. Apparently, they, they've toured together before. Um, so that's cool to know. Um yeah, and then Pool Kids got on, and they just released a record uh, like a couple months ago. So they played a lot of songs off that. Um, and I really like that album. Um, I know, David, you're a little bit more lukewarm to the album. Um, did seeing them live change your opinion about the band at all? Not really. Um, yeah. like they're, they're fun in the moment, but like, I don't know. I'm very particular, like, besides besides you know like typical rock or metal genres um anywhere else i usually have one band for that genre like organ sure. angel for instance they're like their style and like all these other bands that we like listen to or songs i'm like if i want to listen to that kind of song i'll go to them yeah like tech death is another thing like i only listen to one tech death band and that's the faceless so it's like, because it all kind of sounds the same. So if I'm going to listen yeah. to it, I'll just go to them. All I need is one band. Sure. You know. That's fair. And that's, uh, Curtis Connor mentioned this on, on one of his podcasts, how like, oh, and he mentioned it in his stand-up show too. He's like, stop showing me new music. I don't want to listen to new music anymore. Just I'm, I'm just going to continue listening to the same shit that I always do, or I'm just going to listen to the radio, you know? And that's, it's like when you get to a certain age, it's it's a lot harder to like be enthusiastic about you know new shit. Um, so something's got to grab your attention. I personally I like I like the way that Pool Kid sounds. Um, I really like their dynamic writing, just the way that they interweave different sections and different volumes. Um, it it kind of reminds me of like the Nirvana method, where it's like quiet. Uh, is it like quiet, loud, quiet? You know. Yeah. Um, pool kids does that a little bit but they also have their like pop punky anthems that have like the you know the like pop punk i feel like is all about having a line you know where like all the instruments drop out and then you just 
screaming at the top of your lungs, you know, and then it's like the whole audience can kind of like chant along with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's all about how like it sucks to be young, or it start it sucks to start getting older, or it sucks to like be stuck in your hometown. Um, oh hell yeah, I'm not working this Friday. Woo! My schedule just got put out for um, uh, for work, nice. and I was gonna call Friday off anyway because I have a concert that I'm going to go see on Thursday. I'm gonna go see Philip Phillips, but you know this is not about Philip. <laughs> Sorry, Philip, Mr. Phillips. Um, so pool kids, all in all, pretty good. I think the night just kept getting better because uh, then Origami Angel comes out, and the hype is real, dude. They, it's just like the two of them. You know, they put on their their banner behind them, and then they start with um, a twenty four hour drive through. But they started with like a section from a different song that was like super heavy, um, and then from there on, it was just like really quick. Like, they went through their songs really, really quickly, uh, and it was just, like, one after another. Um, the crowd was super into it, obviously. Um, David, you I had a particular experience. I was really into it for a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, um, the pit was in front of us. The pit was in front of us. Yeah, we were about, like, halfway. We were halfway because we were waiting how long at the Pool Kids merch? Um, yeah, so I, I will give them the benefit of the doubt because I, I think the bassist was the one doing their merch. Well, um, I, whereas like, or I origami angel up there when I went in, cause I went in be, uh, before you and yeah. she was there. Um, yeah. And then she left for some reason, probably some band reason. Um, but I had to ask the person doing the merch for, uh, insignificant other, which I think was the drummer. Yeah. Um, and they were. I I asked them like, "Hey, are there separate lines for each, you know, merch table?" And they were like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So you and I stood at the front of the pool kids merch table for like probably half an hour, uh, because I was like, "There's no way they're gonna have a shirt and extra large like by the end of the show." Like I just, I'd rather get it now. Um, but yeah, that meant that we had to sacrifice like decent you know seats spots yeah because the, the um, way Oregon angel sets up like the drummer is like way off to the side um not yeah in the middle and from where we were all we can see was the guitar man ryland yeah i think his name is it's all yeah, we can ryland. see um and yo kudos to him man like he by himself basically is fucking right getting all these people like riled up you know yeah, it's it's insane because it's just the two. It's just two of them. Yeah, and I think, um, they you know they use backing tracks for additional like background vocals and the harmony and like as their show show gets bigger or as their audience gets bigger, their show has to get bigger. You know, um, I could tell that by the end of the set, like Ryland's voice was going a little bit because there were a couple of like, you know, why my old notes? You know, every every once in a while, but like. There was a whole set. They put out two EPs recently, um, one called Return and one called Arrival, I think. Um, and one is super light and acoustic and soft, and then the other is just hardcore. Yeah, like um, the heaviest shit they've ever done. Yeah, and again, it goes back to the 
the reasons why David and I like, like we like them for different reasons, but we like them for the same reasons, right? Like it's like each EP was made for each of us, you know? So I don't know. It was very cool, but they played the entirety of the heavy EP because it's got three songs, but it's only like seven and a half minutes in total. Um, yeah. And so that was all screaming. Yeah. Uh, so by the end of the show, like I, I don't doubt that, you know, Ryland was like struggling a little bit. Um, like voice wise, but at that kind of show, you know, who gives a shit, you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, Mariah Carey or like Ariana Grande or panic at the disco who that's a whole other funny story. People are buying tickets to go see panic at the disco and it, they're filming it. And like, it's the worst live show I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just like Brendan Urie is singing like terribly and he's trying to hit all these high notes and it's just, it's super embarrassing to like listen to. And nobody in the crowd is like moving an inch, and it's like stadiums that he's like playing, and the, the crowd looks like, oh wow, yeah, it's 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 terrible. But Origami Angel doesn't have any issues like that. Um, they were hyped the entire time. People loved them. We loved them. Um, now here's a question: Did you enjoy seeing them more as a headliner or as an opener? Um. Probably headliner because they played longer, but we got way too sidetracked. I was in the middle of telling this goddamn story. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so, yeah they're playing heroin. a song called Six 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 Flags," which is right. one of the few that I really, really know. Um, and like the, the the song ends with these crazy blasted shit. Like it's a it's a crazy ass ending. So I yeah. got into the pit for that, and I was like, you know, headbanging and shit, and yeah. I some guy. Like got pushed or something, but he went right into my fucking face, and like like what part of him went into your like, face? Was it like I don't know? Sh- I couldn't see because my fucking hair was in front of me. I couldn't really see anything. Um, <laughs> right. So I just got whacked hard as fuck in my face. Um, so much so that it started to bleed, um, and I had to spend yeah. a lot of song in the bathroom with a fucking tissue in there, <laughs> and it still hurts. It's been a couple of days, and I can still feel that shit. It's yeah, bloody noses are no. They're no joke. Um, but yeah, speaking of the bathroom, it was one of those bathrooms, you know, thankfully you're okay. And it wasn't like super serious. Um, have y'all ever been to a bathroom that has a trough, a trough, trough, yeah, trough. Yeah. Like baseball stadiums will everyone's, I think Wrigley field has a trough. Um, maybe either that or soldier field, but instead of having in, you know, dedicated urinals it's just it's just a drain with like ice on top very weird um it was the first time that i had peed in a trough in a while anyway um yeah they played a couple of songs while we were in the bathroom but it wasn't anything that we couldn't hear you know and i honestly feel like getting to see the show from the back of the venue too like it didn't it it only it didn't make that much of a difference like you could see just as much because like the stage wasn't really elevated and like it was just standing room only, you know. Whereas like if we had gone to the bottom lounge, that stage is like five feet up. Yeah. Right. So like when you stand right next to the stage, like anywhere you are in the room, you can see the band very clearly. Um, which is partly why like I was driving, you know, yesterday. I I had a show yesterday in uh, Mokina, and I was thinking about, man, the the Origami Angel show is happening right now in Chicago. Um. And, uh, you know, and we're not there, but we got to see him in Detroit. So, um, overall 
Um, it was a really fun concert experience. I think part of that is like the trip to Detroit. And then, you know, we had to drive four hours back. Uh, and even with a time change, we only got back to Illinois at 3 a.m., which would have been 4 a.m. Michigan time. Um, fucked me up. Fam. And how I managed to stay awake that whole time, I have no idea. Like the whole last half of the ride, we're just like listening to the nerd. <laughs> yeah, we were. Well, because I realized very early on in the drive, oh shit, I can't just listen to music. I have to watch YouTube videos or I have to put them on in the background because they let me they let me focus a little bit more. I feel like when it's music, especially music that I know, there's like a rhythm to it. And like, it's very easy to like, it's, it's, it's easy to be lulled by like music and like, you know, drums and stuff. So I was like, I need to hear someone talking and making jokes and like yelling and stuff. So first I was watching Drew Gooden videos and then we switched to angry video game nerd. Cause I was like, I got like two and a half hours left of this drive. I have to watch like six YouTube videos. I do that all the time at home. When I just need to kill time, I just watch a bunch of YouTube videos. Um, and so, David, you popped up awake a couple of times. Um, and uh, that's also partly why I put on the nerd was because, you know, I feel like that, that would ke- keep you up a little bit and that would keep me up yeah. um, by proxy. So, um, Yeah, I'm done with cars. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Last week, Ironic. you know, seven and a half hours both ways. A week later, eight hours in one day. I'm fucking, I'm done. Welcome to the Too Bad We Didn't Get Into Cars podcast. This is why we didn't get into cars is because we we can't do yeah, it. I'm staying you know? the hell out of them for a while. <laughs> yeah, too bad I got to drive uh, like an hour and a half to Indianapolis on Thursday. I mean, it's fine. It'll be the day after my birthday. It'll be a fun time. So, you know, I might talk about that next episode, but we got to move on to our next topic. Oh, so we got to move on. I totally forgot. They, play, they played goddamn um, Gary come home on the house music. Oh, it's funny as hell. <laughs> yeah. They, before origami angel went on in between bands, they played Gary come home from SpongeBob. Um, and there was a guy that was standing in front of us with uh, his partner, I think. And, I he hears me singing that Gary come home and he turns around and he's like Gary come home and I just I had a moment with a stranger and it was very nice. Oh, then there was the dude like a little bit to the right in front of us. He was like, oh my god. He was like on Tinder holding his phone up like <laughs> swiping and every time he got a match, everyone was like yeah. Yeah, honestly. I should have taken that opportunity to like whip out my phone and film that because that's the funniest shit. Yeah. Oh my god, that I feel like Yeah, missed opportunity. That could have been a viral video. Oh yeah, speaking of house music, um because the first time we saw them, they played yeah. Gen 4 music on the ha uh, house music. Yeah, they played the lake theme. The um it's 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 one of my favorite themes in Pokemon because it's just it's so chill and it it's got like a very lo fi vibe to it. It's the it's so cool um yeah and they played that and i i remember when we went to go see that show uh brilliant diamond and shining pearl had recently come out and so someone in the audience was like gen four um but they didn't do that this time probably because you know it was a longer set they probably like didn't need that much 
in between time they could probably just talk to the audience you know Ryland did that a couple of times yeah but um yeah would you go see them again absolutely 100% 100% and I'm glad that this this band exists in both of our lives because now it's something it's another thing that we get to share you know and it's just like not to get too cheesy because I know you're lactose intolerant no I'm not that ended a while ago I I don't know. Th- I don't know. Then I'll fucking be as cheesy as I, I want. I don't know what happened, but there was like a month where I couldn't do dairy, but yeah. that went away a long time ago. I don't know what happened, but yeah, I called. I called him my best friend uh, after our four a.m. drive. He was walking back to his condo, and I was like, "You're my best friend, motherfucker." getting cheesy on you. I don't guys. remember what I said. I dude, I was fucking gone. Yeah, we both passed out as soon as I got home. But anyway, um so Gen 4. We're talking we're, uh, we're talking Pokemon Gen 4 today, which was the last generation that both you and I were really yeah. aware this of. This was like when the it came end out. of like the childhood era. Yeah, so it was uh 2007, I think. So we were in um, like fifth grade and um, this was like the middle school Pokemon era. I, goddamn Clayton, bro. I will never forget. Yeah. We had I, I a told you story, we, right? Yeah. We had a, we had a classmate named Clayton. Dude, um, I, every yeah. time I think about Diamond and Pearl, I still remember when they came out sitting in like the lunchroom. And Clayton walks up to me, puts it right in my face. He's like, I got Pearl version. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Now, yeah, shout out Clayton. Fucking um, Clayton. It's been, I know it's been a while. <laughs> it's, no, I mean, I, the last I, time I saw him uh, was when I was looking for apartments with Josh because he was at the uh, Panera Bread that we were at. Yeah. It's funny. Man, you didn't say a goddamn word. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Diamond Diamond what, what are you supposed to Holy do? Shit. Yeah, yeah. So, Diamond and Pearl, I remember, they were the first games that I was super aware of the marketing for. Uh, I remember seeing the starters all over the place, and I had a, I gotta look up the name of that magazine, but there was a Disney magazine that came out, was it Disney Adventures? Um, yeah, and there were a lot of... Um, ads for video games and things that I was super into in this magazine. I like remember drawing the starters and the box art legendaries like before the um uh before the games came out like it was it was a big deal. Um and they were also the first yeah, holy shit, Disney Adventures. Oh man, this is what a wild ride, dude. Yeah, I is a monthly magazine aimed at grade school kids. Um, yeah. And they announced in 2007 that they would cancel the magazine. Weirdly enough, that was the exact year that diamond and pearl came out. Wow. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so I was super hyped for these games. They were the first DS Pokemon games, like mainline Pokemon games, um, to use the stylus, the two screens. And, um, yeah, it was. This is one of my favorite generations. Um, just because I like I like Sinnoh a lot. I have a lot of fond memories of playing Pearl. Um, that was the game that 
like I had I had played the hell out of Sapphire, but I also played the hell out of Pearl. Um, both both of those games were like my jams. Um, and uh, yeah, the Pokédex was really cool. There were a lot of legacy evolutions. Uh, Gliscor, Magmortar, Electivire, Mamoswine, um, Rhyferior. Rhyferior, yeah. Um, yeah, just a lot of like it did what Gen Two did in a way, where it gave a lot of older Pokemon like new life. You know, Togekiss. Oh my God. Um, yeah, Gallade, and it was so cool. Uh, because I don't know. I don't know. It felt like it felt like Pokemon was like growing up with us. You know, because the the designs started getting like cooler and like middle school boys you know, could like get back into Pokemon and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass, but, um, yeah. Do you have anything special to say about diamond that like, we can't also say about platinum, you know, for as long as I, as much time as I put into diamond, I sure don't remember it a lot. Yeah. I remember snow point city. Yeah. I remember. I was going to say snow point city is always the one that sticks out to me. Because it was, like, yeah. the first time you saw, like, a season in Pokemon, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, walking through the snow and then, like, you drop a little bit when it gets, like, a little yeah. deeper. Um, I remember Rock Climb. Rock Climb is still, to this day, a really dumb move. <laughs> but I taught it to my Lucario. Um, I remember I gave him Rock Climb. Yeah, bro. Um, I remember. I remember popping in, you know, uh, Emerald or whatever in the bottom. And you can import the reggies and you go, you go get reggie gigas that was really yeah cool. reggie gigas um but yeah other than yeah, that yeah um yeah i feel like the pokey gear was it the pokey gear or the pokey nav gear nav i think is uh, yeah the, po- uh, the uh hoenn one yeah the pokey gear is really cool uh i remember just fucking around with um the pokey gear a lot you know you had like all these different apps um, I would play with the little drawing, you know, the Picto Chat one. You had a calculator. Yeah, um, so fun. Yeah, you had a map which you used like while you were running around to find, you know, like the Uxi Mesprit and Azelf and like the roaming Pokemon. I always had it on the step one for some reason. Yeah, there was always one that you would have it on. I, I don't know if I had it on the step one, I, but I, I definitely used it when I tried to hatch eggs. I even remember maxing it out. Yeah, the nine ninety nine thousand. Yeah, you know, nine hundred ninety nine. Starting again. I don't know. Just yeah, f- neat little thing you can do on the bottom of the screen. You know. Yeah, I also remember uh, you could add stickers to your Pokeballs. Yeah. Uh, so you can have. That was really cool. Um, yeah, it was just like. And the underground. It was a. I I loved the. Underground. Oh my god. The underground, god damn, dude. That that and the game Spectrobes. I don't know if you remember Spectrobes, but there were also like fossils in that one. I loved just digging for shit in Diamond and Pearl. Oh man, it was so cool. Um, yeah, a couple of cool legendaries. I think Heatran is one of the worst designed Pokemon. It's just, it's so ugly. Um, Cresselia. Is one of the coolest Pokemon from Gen Four. I li- I just like that it's a bunch of crescent moons. Um, yeah, Lucario is like the first Pokemon that like 
Oh no, Absol. You know, it's like the Absol of that generation where it's like, is this a rare Pokemon? Yeah, you. It, you know, and then every yeah, you think it's legendary, but it's not. Yeah, like every generation has one, uh, but Lucario still remains really cool to this day. Um, who else? Yeah, Regigigas you mentioned. Yeah, I really like Palkia. I use Palkia a lot on my team. Um, I started with Infernape because obviously. I started with Torchic the generation before and Cyndaquil the generation before that. So I was a fire guy yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the gods of time and space were pretty cool. That's what Palkia is, right? Space? Yeah, Palkia is space. Yeah. Spatial Rend and Roar of Time. Yeah, um, yeah, you could feel the scope of the games getting bigger. Team Galactic was cool. Um, I don't know if Cyrus is a cooler villain than Maxi or Archie or Giovanni, but he's yeah, he's cool so. in his own right. Yeah. Um, and then we have Platinum, which yeah. continued the trend of, you know, the third game in the series. I mean, it ended. Um, yeah, and it ended it. Um, funny enough, um, seeing as this is our Halloween episode, Platinum is probably, like, the spookiest Pokemon mainline game uh, because the main focus is on the, the what, the... Pl- uh, the distorted World. The Distorted World, yeah. That was... I remember they showed that in all the commercials, and you only got to go in there once, once. Yeah, and it right. was towards the end of the game. And it was like, yeah, I guess we have to show how this is different from the last one. Yeah. Um, they also added a Battle Frontier in Platinum, not nearly as good or memorable as the uh, Hoenn one. Uh, but Giratina getting a new form. I think Origin form Giratina is so much cooler than regular Giratina. Is, it's just a snake. Not, is that know? the one where he's on legs or the floating one? Yeah, it's the floating one, the origin form. It's so much cooler. They gave Shaman a new form. Uh, so Shaman is like a flying dog now, and its eyes changed. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't... I Oh, yeah, and then your costumes. You get, like, winter outfits mm. as the default costume. That was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, other than that, Diamond Pearl, Platinum, pretty memorable. Um, I played them a lot, but... I can understand why kids don't really care too much about that generation anymore, especially since the remakes are so bleh. Um, whereas, like, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, you know, we'll get to those eventually, but yeah. they were really good remakes. I played a lot of those. So anyway, we got, with our last couple... Then huh? we got uh, our Johto remakes, oh. which, frankly, absolutely like top tier Pokemon games. They might be like my favorite. It's, it's, it's going to be, it, this is a hot take. I really like gen seven. I really like sun and moon. Um, but I think from a pure, like full package experience, like heart, like soul silver and heart gold, Oh my god! Yeah, like it just—it just takes all of the reasons why Gen Two was such a good um, advancement. You know, like Gold and Silver were really good sequels to Red and Blue, and Heart Gold and Soul Silver, just like, oh man, it just made everything about those games even better. You had the new sprites. You had you Pokemon could walk behind you. You could interact with them. You had fighting Red in like gen four graphics um you had the compatibility with the game boy games you know i, th- you know, I think um, it was really cool um 
the fact that you can rebattle gym leaders, like you yeah, find you them, can just go back to their you gyms. You find them like in the world. They'd have their hangout spot. You talk to them at oh. a certain time, and then they'd go to the Saffron City gym, like the one next to it. Yeah. Um, and I I used to have like a, a browser, like a site saved that tells you exactly like what time they are. I don't know. I yeah. just like having them all in one room. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Also, um, I'm going to flex a little bit. These games now go for like... Oh, what, you going to make me get mine too? Do you have yours? Oh, my God. Well, get it, dude. So, you know how new, cop like, in-the-box copies of these games, any Pokemon games, go for insane amounts of money online? This is the original box for... Pokemon Soul Silver. I don't know where my Pokewalker is. Um, Uh-oh. I think I still... That's bad. It's not in the box, but I have everything else in the box. I still have my Pokewalker. Um, in there? Yeah. Oh, my Pokewalker's in here, okay. too. That would devalue it hardcore, bro. Yeah, it's still got the Pokewalker. It's got the original um, case, the instruction manual, the DS, you know, the warning booklet. Yeah. Um. And it hangs very proudly on my bookshelf. Um, this is probably... I remember we went to go get these games together. Do you remember I that? I remember the day. That's crazy. Yeah. It was like, what, 2010? Yeah, it was 2010. We went to the GameStop in Crestwood. Um, and my mom drove us. Um, and I think we pre-ordered them. I can't remember. I think I think one of us actually traded some games in for this thing. Yeah, but uh, which at the time was forty bucks. Yeah, for everything, bro. This <laughs> I see like not even the box version, but just like the normal DS case, at yeah. least like a hundred dollars, just for that. At least, but you get the full package. Jeez, this shit's worth a lot. And yeah, dude, and like the artwork on the package, it's it's just so cool. It's got this like it's got this cool finish that's it's like holographic. I don't know, man. And the worst part, I can't play this game again. I've only played it the once. Because on my fucking save data, yeah. um when I bought platinum, the save on there, this is why you always check the save. Um this person had like all three dogs but shiny Darkrai, Celebi, um, I think even Mew. So I I traded them to Heart Gold and now I can never restart it because like it's got all of them on there. So I've only played it once, but it was legendary. I mean I could I could take those Pokemon and transfer them into a different game. Yeah, maybe. And then just trade them back if you want. Yeah. Because honestly, I think I think I would honestly go through Soul Silver again. Yeah, dude. Um. Yeah, just great fucking games. Um, I don't really have any complaints about Soul Silver except for maybe HMs, but yeah, Rock Climb. <laughs> other than that, huh, yeah, every time. But uh, it plays really well. Um. Getting to go to Johto and Kanto on the DS is really cool. Um, yeah, man, they're just they're just superior sequels. It's so good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and now I guess we get to talk about other superior sequels. Um, yeah. You want to start with Mystery Dungeon? Yeah, goddamn. What, Explorers <laughs> of Time, Darkness, and Sky? I don't, I don't remember which one was the third one. But, um, yeah, another game that we were so hyped for. And, like, yeah. it absolutely paid off. Oh yeah, I in every way it's better than the original games. Um and it had the Johto Pokédex. Um the story was way better. Like the you know, the original Red Rescue Team, Blue Rescue Team, they had the um the bit at the end where like you know, your partner is yeah, like just you know, the saddest scene in Pokémon history, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this this game has its fair share of sad moments too. Um I know you end up meeting a rogue Grovile, um, you know, midway through the story. And there's also like another part of the game. It happens in a lot of mystery dungeon games where you get exiled from the town and you have no access to, you know, your um, item box, your other like recruits on the team. And it's just you and your partner. Um, Yeah. I think story-wise it's super interesting. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it was just all of the things that made the original Mystery Dungeon games good, but, like, done better. Yeah. I, like, they don't... I, I can't really remember what new they added. Um, you know, you, you're the whole time, you're, like, in the Wigglytuff dojo, and uh, every night right. you see everyone, like, chomp down on, like, the food, which I thought was really yeah. cool. Uh, but Chitat was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, there, there was definitely more of a sense of... Um, like the story was written more intently, right? Like the first one, it was just like you were part of like a wider guild, but it was just you and your partner like living in houses, you know? Whereas this one, it was a whole like fort. It was a whole underground fort of like all of your members. Um, And then there was, you know, the Skuntank team. Uh, it was like Skuntank and Zubat? No, uh, Krogunk? Man, more games I've only played once. I It's time to revisit these, dude. Yeah. Well, and then Explorers of Sky added, like, DLC missions where, like, you could, you know, Bidoof, like, he has this whole side story where, like, he has to leave his village of Bidoofs, you know, and B-Barrels, and he, like, goes off on his own. And there's a whole side story where you get to play as Grovile and Dusk Noir, like, in that time when you or your characters leave them. And they have to fight together. Um, wow, how much is Explorers of Sky run for nowadays? I I have a copy if you want to. I think I might need to you know that. borrow mine. Yeah, dude, I I started going through it a couple of years ago, and then I just I couldn't anymore because I was. It was so recently, it was so close to an uh, another mystery dungeon game that I had played. So I was like, ah, I'm I'm over it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very good games. And then yeah, remember uh, you, uh, when you graduate, you have to like fight the whole guild. Yeah, Man, that was yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough mission. I think I lost a couple of times because I was like, "There's just so many. There's so many people you have to take down." Um. Yeah, there's. I I I'm only gonna start re- remembering more about those games like after this podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, right you know but uh you also had shadows of almia which is a sequel to the original pokemon ranger i don't remember much of it but i do remember asking my mom to buy it for me 
Um, and then I, uh, I remember having a Rhyperior at some point because they had all like the, the Johto Pokemon in there. But, um, this is, this is where my memory gets a little hazy because I stopped really paying attention to Pokemon around this time. Yeah. Yeah. This is when Um, things started to fizzle out like hardcore. Yeah, which is a shame, but like, yeah, ex- like oh, yeah, and then Pokemon yeah, Rumble. Explorers of Darkness was like the last hurrah for until fucking Y came out, X and Y. So, yeah, and that took. Um, I was like, if that was two thousand eight, then it took like five years to get back into Pokemon, because yeah. we missed Black and White, and then Black and White two, um, which you know it's a solid four years right there, or at least like two years. Um, but yeah, we graduated from middle school in 2010, and you know I didn't play Pokemon for three years until Pokemon X came out on the 3DS. I think it was the reason I got a 3DS. Um, and uh, you know, but we gotta we gotta save that for a different day. Yeah, yeah. Rumble. Um, I don't remember which one I played, but I did play one of them. And honestly, it's a pretty fun party game. Like you, yeah. it's not one you play by yourself. Like you play it with like a group of people, which I did. Um, yeah, and it was pretty fun. You just run around with these little like toy looking Pokemon, and then mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of like different guys you got to fight. And I don't know, it's just kind of fun. I think it's a more way more fun than Pokemon Unite, but it's like the same idea, mm-hmm. except you don't fight other people. It's just you know bots. But it was yeah. fun. I liked it. I like Pokemon Unite. So, you know, don't let David hear me say that. Yeah. Not even Decidueye can save that game for me. Yeah, but it is, it is, it's fun. But that's, again, another, another generation of games. Um, I think Gen 4, I think about it and I get nostalgic, not because I missed that time of Pokemon, but because I remember that was like the last, you know, I didn't realize in the moment, but yeah, I was, I was still super into Pokemon and I, you know, still felt like a kid and, um, you know, I'll always appreciate, you know, diamond and pearl and like that generation of Pokemon. I also stopped watching the show after that generation. And oh yeah. I guess. Yeah. Same. Cause it was like, I remember Ash had a Buizel who never evolved. He had a Gliscor. He had a Grottle. He ended up getting an Infernape, but I don't think I got that far. Yeah, and unlike the games, I never went back to the show. That was it. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, and the show, I went back and I watched a little bit of Sun and Moon, um, only because there was a scene that I saw where uh, in the Pokemon Championships, when Ash is fighting Professor Kukui, Ash and Pikachu do essentially what's a Kamehameha together because they have like a Z-move. And Ash does like this motion, you know. <laughs> what? What the hell? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to send that clip to you, but um, yeah, it was the last time that I was really like a kid into Pokemon. Um, and so next week, or you know, next podcast, whenever we get around to it. But by the time the next podcast comes out, truth, truthfully, um, we'll either be very close to Scarlet and Violet coming out, or they will have already come out. Um, but we'll try to, you know, we'll try to record it and release it in time. I'm sure we could, you know, as long as we're doing remote, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but if we can get together, we will either way, 
Um, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our socials. Uh, check out David's channel. If you're on YouTube, it'll be in the link below or the description below. Check out my channel. I got music coming out and music videos and stuff like that um, pretty frequently. And, uh, yeah, stay stay good to each other. Wash your hands. Um, stay safe, you know, especially as it starts getting colder no out. Wash, what? No one washes hands anymore. That's done. That's done. People wash people wash nah, their hands. What are you talking about? But as like a, a safety thing for COVID, no one cares anymore. Let's be real. They I stopped care. caring a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, don't touch yeah. your face. It doesn't. No, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, it is winter time, which means people are getting a lot more sick. Yeah. So don't go around touching people's faces. But you can't touch your own face. Yeah, you can touch your own face. If you have a huge ego. <laughs> Who touches their own faces? Anyway. Um, see you in the next one. Happy uh, Halloween, peace. by the way. Happy Halloween. Like oh this my was God. like the Halloween episode, but we barely even talked about Halloween. Yeah. That's okay. This isn't the too bad we didn't get in a Halloween <laughs> podcast. Too bad. Too bad we didn't get into costumes, you son of a bitch. Was, yeah, too bad. Yeah, I, uh, you missed the costume thing this year again. But no. maybe next year. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, we didn't have this podcast last last Halloween. Yeah. We just got to remember Christmas sweaters for the Christmas episode. Ugh, I don't even have one. Oh, my God. I do have a Santa hat, one. though. I'll wear the Santa hat. All right. Notes for a future episode. All right, everybody. Oh, my uh, battery just died right now. Wow. I heard it go off, yeah. <laughs> uh, bye. That's all, folks. <laughs>